It's been a rough couple of years, hasn't it? Maybe with all the chaos around us, you didn't reach your ministry growth goals. You didn't actually launch that new program you wanted to, and you didn't get the support you hoped for. You might be wondering if you really have the energy or the heart to have high expectations again. In episode 27 of Just One Simple Thing, I want to share with you three principles for developing resilience that we can learn from the life of Joseph in the Old Testament and three practical ways you can develop resilience in your own life. Hey friend, welcome to Just One Simple Thing, the podcast where we find the intersection of practical solutions, biblical truth, and creativity as you lead in ministry and business. In order to make an impact, you have to take action even when you aren't 100% sure what God is up to. If you're tired of trying all the things and ready to do a new thing, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Krista Hutchins, a project manager, coach, wife, mom, encourager, and friend. In each episode, we tackle a specific issue keeping you stuck as you chase after your God dream and give you just one simple thing to help bring clarity to your swirl of creative ideas. Now, let's go solve a problem. Hey friends, thanks for joining me again as we are in a mini-series about regaining our focus as we head into a new season. In order to recover from the bumps of the past and the bumps we're sure to face in the future, we'll need to be resilient. We'll need the ability to bounce back when disappointment, chaos, and the unexpected threaten to lay us low. The dictionary definition of resilience is returning to the original form or position after being bent, compressed, or stretched. Isn't that the perfect description of what we've been through the last two years? Bent, compressed, and stretched. I can't think of anyone in the Bible who was bent, compressed, or stretched more than Joseph. He was bent low when his brothers sold him into slavery. He was compressed when the jilted wife of a government official wanted to knock him down a peg or two. And he was stretched when he unexpectedly was put in charge of a massive public works project that saved a nation from famine. Each time, he bounced back. You might think he bounced back even higher than he was, rising from a slave to a prominent position in the Pharaoh's court to becoming Pharaoh's right-hand man. But really, he just returned to his original form, the position God gave him in a dream long before the bending, compressing, and stretching started. The first thing we learn from Joseph is to know where you came from and where you're going. In Genesis 37, God showed Joseph in a dream where he was going. Joseph saw his family bowing down to him. He knew he would be in a position of authority over them. I think we can all agree that he handled this bit of information immaturely by taunting his brothers and father with it. But the fact remains that God gave him a glimpse of the future that would serve as a guidepost to Joseph. Joseph knew where he was headed. When he looked around and saw something different than what God had shown him, he knew it wasn't the end. God still had more for him to do. Joseph also knew where he came from. 
His father Jacob was no stranger to God speaking in dreams. The man had wrestled with God in his sleep and probably heard the stories all his life of the promises God made to his father and grandfather through dreams, visions, and angels. Jacob knew where his family had come from and where God had promised they would go. Genesis 37:11 says that Joseph's brothers were jealous of him, but his father Jacob kept these things in his mind. When he heard that God gave Joseph not one, but two dreams, Jacob took notice. Much like Mary pondered these things in her heart, Joseph kept these things in his mind, knowing that his son was destined for more than being the bratty, arrogant little brother. God still has more for you to do. When he called you to speak up and speak out for him, he knew there would be a pandemic. He knew we would see historic division in our country and opposition to his standards. And still, he called you. Knowing what we've overcome will help us put the momentary disappointments in their proper perspective. They're not the end of the world. The second thing we learn from Joseph is to use our gifts and find joy in our difficult circumstances. I don't know about you, but if I was sold into slavery and then unjustly jailed, I might be tempted to have a little pity party. Okay, actually a big pity party, but not Joseph. He continued to use the skills and talent God had given him. In fact, in Genesis 39, there are at least 10 mentions of Joseph finding favor with his authorities, being put in charge of things, and the Lord causing him to prosper. Through all of these setbacks, God was putting Joseph in a place to hone his leadership skills. He was developing a reputation as a man who could be trusted with things, despite Potiphar's wife's attempt to discredit him. God and Joseph both knew these setbacks were not the end of Joseph's story. They were only stepping stones to prepare Joseph for his ultimate calling. It's also clear that Joseph kept a positive attitude throughout his ordeals. Instead of giving in to hopelessness, Joseph embraced each opportunity God gave him to serve others, even when the others were prisoners with no standing or status. In order to bounce back from challenging times, we need to keep being faithfully about our business right where we are, serving the people God puts in front of us, whether it's few or many. Right where you are is right where God can hone the skills you need to be successful in your ministry or business. If you feel stuck in a small space, this is the perfect time to experiment, try new things, learn new ways, so when the spotlight shines on you, you'll be experienced and prepared. Instead of focusing on the pain, let's lean into the healing that's happening. Let's find joy in knowing that God is at work and we can rest. And the last thing we can learn from Joseph about being resilient is to continue to trust God and believe the best in people. When things fall apart, it's so tempting to find someone to blame. And in Joseph's case, there were plenty of people to blame. After being let down by the people in his life so many times, it would be natural for Joseph to become distrustful and withdrawn, to use his gifts and talents only if he could see a clear benefit for himself, to abandon God's plan that didn't seem to be working out so well. 
But over and over, we see a pattern of God putting Joseph in a position to use his gifts and talents, which results in Joseph taking another step towards his true calling. Remember the bratty, immature little brother who's taunted the family with his dreams of authority over them? By the end of his story, he's grown into a humble servant who recognizes the hand of God in each step of the journey. Rather than blaming his brothers for all of the bad that happened to him, Joseph acknowledged God's good plan that brought them back together. God's plan was not for Joseph's brothers to serve Joseph. It was for Joseph to use his position of authority to serve his brothers in their time of greatest need. Joseph believed the best about his brothers. He carried no grudges, knowing that even though they treated him poorly, they were still family, worthy of being served and saved. I don't believe anyone goes from calling to fulfillment in one easy step. It's the hard times and setbacks on the journey that God uses to refine both our character and our skills so we're ready for the opportunities he'll bring. If we grow frustrated, pull back, and become distrustful and cynical, we will never see what God truly created us for. So how do we develop resilience like Joseph? Here are three practical ways. One, write down the dream or calling God has given you. Write as much of it as you can see right now and put it in a place where you can refer back to it. At least once a year, pull it out and rewrite it, adjusting it by what you've learned and experienced. This will help you always know where you've been and where you're going. Second, be faithful in doing weekly, quarterly, and annual reviews. When we experience setbacks, we tend to avoid these reviews because we don't want to face the negative results. But part of the review should be reflecting on what we learned from the setbacks. We may also be able to find some things we did right or that worked well or that used our gifts and talents in new ways. Separate yourself from the emotions of your setback and take a critical eye to what it may be telling you about your calling and purpose. And third, shift from blaming to believing the best. If you can't believe the best about someone's motives, I mean, Joseph's brothers did, in fact, intend to harm him. At least try to believe the best about them as a person. Don't be the one to hold the grudge. Who do you need to stop blaming for your setbacks? Write a statement that believes the best about them and pray about talking it over with them. The last two years have been hard. They have bent us. They have compressed us. They have stretched us. But they have not broken us. Our calling is strong. Our faith is strong. Our God is strong. Let's bounce back and keep bouncing back until God leads us exactly where we were meant to be all along. Now, for your one simple action step, I have a worksheet available to help you with those three practical tips. Head over to my free Facebook group, Plan and Pray with Do a New Thing, and grab it. And I'd love to support you as you bounce back. I have some openings for a free 20-minute define call where we can talk about what you learned from your worksheet. There's a link in the show notes where you can sign up for your free call. Be sure to join us for the next episode when we'll talk about developing flexibility that allows you to bend without breaking. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so you don't miss it. Before we run off, let's do a little check-in. 
Here we are near the end of another month. Did it get away from you again with little progress on your goals and plans? Do you need help figuring out where to focus, but you aren't ready to invest in one-on-one coaching? Then I have just the thing for you, the most cost-effective way to get the benefits of expert input on your goals and plans. With a move forward review, you can submit your plans for the month. I'll take a look and make sure your plan is aligned with your goals, that it's doable, and that it's structured in a sequence that makes sense. Then I'll email you my feedback along with resource recommendations for areas where you may be stuck, and perhaps a little tough grace if you need it, just like I give in my one-on-one coaching calls. Y'all, I'm just being honest here. This is the biggest bang for the buck of all my products and services. If you've ever wanted an affordable and time-efficient way to benefit from my project management experience, this is it. You can get all the details at the link in the show notes. And remember, clarity comes from action, and action can be just one simple thing.